Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to have you today. This is a bonus episode in our episode schedule. And I have today with me the opportunity to speak to Keneva Bollock Miller. And we are talking about the January 6th incident, the Capitol riot, the Capitol insurrection. Everybody knows what happened that day. But if you didn't, we're going to give you a little insight. So that day is the day that we were watching TV, waiting for the votes to be counted, and then all of a sudden, breaking news. People had stormed the Capitol building with the intent to kidnap senators, make disruption, and that is exactly, except for the kidnapping part, they did that. They disrupted a political process that has been going on for years, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But more so on the level, uh, how did that impact you? How did that feel that day when you were watching TV, just cleaning up and watching the news, and then bam. So I have my guest here. Kavina is going to tell us her point of view of the insurrection. Kavina is a graduate student of a master's research program, summa cum laude. Thank you very much. <laughs> Having majored in English and writing studies. So she's going to share her perspective. She graduated from Keene University. Her research interests are black, um, excuse me, black American empowerment related to issues and politics. So I thought she was the perfect person with her background to talk about this issue. And I say, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I am beyond excited. And thank you so much for what you're doing as well, having these important conversations. Thank you. I think it's a time to start talking about it, but also breaking it down to how it impacts us today. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my first question for you is this. Where were you when you heard about the January 6th Capitol incident, were you at work or were you at home actually watching? I was home and I had just wished my, um, one of my best friends, it was her birthday. So I had just made like, you know, called her and all these happy birthday posts. And I just so happened to go on Twitter just to see what was going on. And then they were saying people are climbing walls and storming the Capitol. So I, I I couldn't, I said, is this a joke? So I looked at the news and I said, oh my gosh. I said, what is going on? So I ran downstairs. (laughs) I ran downstairs and uh, my family was downstairs. I said, are you watching the news right now? And they were like, yes. And I was very taken aback, Um, but I was home. Yeah. Um, Same for me. I was home and I literally really was cleaning up that's why I said that and I was like say what because it went from just normal talking to breaking news so I I went in the living room and I'm like you've got to be kidding me so what were your initial reactions like what did you feel in that moment I had a mixture of emotions I was quite angry if I 
you know, want to be frank. I was quite angry because we have been through so much just in one year after 2020 um, with a lot of injustices and unfairness and biases and prejudices and racism. And when I looked at that, I said, this is really privilege on display today. There's no running away from the fact that, oh, you know, privilege isn't a thing or, you know, we're making it up or, you know, yeah. it was privilege on display, high display. So I was quite angry because there was no um, reaction to them like there have been to unarmed people that look like me or my family members or that look like you. Yeah. And if that was us storming the Capitol, there right. would have been a different, it would have been a different scene. So I, I was quite upset and, and um, I wasn't sad. I was, I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a, a trending thought that if it was us, we would have been dead. Mm-hmm. Literally you could, you could see on Twitter trending. Couldn't have been us. If it was us, we would have been dead. And, I don't think anyone could argue with that. Right. And if they do, I would like to interview. Text me. Yeah, I, yes, I really. <laughs> I, I would love to uh, hear the thoughts of why you think that. Right. And that's why I said, if you, if you really feel that way, text me, DM me, whatever you got to do. Let's right. talk. Yes, please, please enlighten me. Please. Right. Share. <laughs> Did you change your schedule in the aftermath uh, the incident, like maybe you didn't go to class, didn't watch the news reports. Um, did you check on your friends and family more? Do you have friends and family in that area? Um, I do have um, one of my really good friends since kindergarten. Um, one of my bridesmaids, actually, she lives in D.C. And, you know, we want to make sure that she was OK. And, you know, she was saying, like, we're on lockdown. We can't go anywhere anyway. Um, so she was home. Thankfully, you know, she was home, you know, she was safe. Um, I don't have anyone else in the area, but I was on, I, my husband, well, my fiance, my husband was at work and, um, I, I think he was the first person that I messaged and was like, please be safe when you come home. They're going crazy in the Capitol. They're going crazy. Right. right. I was like, you know, and, um, I was worried about anybody that was out because I didn't know if there were other people in different states that were looking at what was happening in the Capitol and thinking, oh, this is our time to go out there and start, you know, acting crazy and and hurting people. Um, I was on Facebook a lot. My family and us, you know, we communicate on Facebook a lot. So I I was posting a lot and like, you know, be safe, please. I was quite concerned. I did not want to leave my house. (laughs) Yeah. And I think people don't realize after that, there is a type of awareness like, okay, if this happened there, can it happen where I live? So, yeah, I think a, a lot of people were heightened in their awareness, but also concerned if it would be local in their community. Right. And at the time, I, you know, I live in a predominantly white area. There's mm-hmm. not many black African-Americans in sight. Um, so, you know, I was like, close my blinds. Like I I was not playing around. Um, I was off that day. I just so happened to be off. So I didn't have to necessarily change my schedule. Um, but it was quite concerning. Yeah. I, I totally agree and understand. What are the three strongest memories that you have of that day? And 
immediately after? The three strongest memories I have, the the, num- the first one for sure is just seeing it initially on Twitter. Because usually when something breaking news happens on Twitter that affects me to that nature, it's another one of us being killed. Yeah. So it was a different reaction. The media immediately was just, like you said, the breaking news come up and I'm on Twitter and it's like the chats were going crazy. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, it was everywhere. People from, we had friends in other countries, you know, texting us, are you all okay? Right. Because we're in New Jersey and it's not that far from DC. Right. Um, that was the first one. The second one was probably um, when I saw the, the noose. The noose that was just there on the t- television and on social media. Like it was normal. It was very normal. Right. There's nothing wrong with it, but it was there on the lawn. And there was no police in sight. There was no, you know, we need to take that down. There was no, like, you know, that's illegal to even have that up. Because I, I, saw, I saw the noose like I did in my history books when I was in school. So it was a little, it was a um, little weird to see that. That was another strong memory I have that's still imprinted, actually, um, quite often. Right. And um, the third one would definitely probably um, have to be, sadly, um, when you hear, oh, they're shooting and there's supposedly bombs, and um, I, I have more so of a audio of hearing what I heard on the news than visual, visually, Mm -hmm. visually, it was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But the different words I was hearing very, very much will be imprinted in my memory, um, for the rest of my life. Um, immediately afterwards, um, I wanted to make sure that, cause I'm an educator by nature, Mm -hmm. I'm by heart. I do, I do teach. So I wanted to make sure that other people out there, whether they had kids or students, they know what to do um, for the next day. Yeah. So immediately afterwards, um, I did my research. I put up something and um, I had a lot of great feedback from it. So at the end of the day, I had a lot of other fearful educators and parents Mm -hmm. saying, I don't know what to tell my kids tomorrow. Right. And that's when a light bulb went off like, okay, like something's wrong. So those, those are probably like the strongest memories I have. I think most people would definitely agree with you. I would add one more addition into you was me seeing the cross in front of the Capitol and people gathered around it. Like they were at a revival. That kind of was disturbing to me as a Christian. And I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't appreciate the visual of the cross as if Christ would ordain what was going on. Right, which is oftentimes used in that feel like, oh, you know, we're we're Christians too. You know, the the people that storm the crap will say, we're Christians too. Yeah. You're not a Christian like me if you think that this is okay. Right, because I've never seen that in the Word of God. (laughs) So... That that was hatred is not and and you know fearfulness like that and and scaring people that's that's not of God at all. Yeah. I am I am a Christian. I consider myself a Christian, and that that is scary. And um, 
I'm like, are they going to put it on fire? Like the KKK? I didn't know what, what was going to happen. You don't. You did. So you're right. That was definitely an image that was quite fearful. Scareful. Uh, scary. Yeah. I, um, cause it's like, well, I'm a Christian and I'm going to be honest. It, it made me angry like you, because I said, I don't like the fact that they use Christ as a umbrella to do what they did. And to justify, it was to like to justify what they did. So yeah, that right. was, that is what angered me. I think the most, I want to say that angered yeah. me the most. So yeah. I think we, we had, a, we, it's hard to separate emotions from events like this, but you have to respect and understand emotions will arise from events like this because people are impacted even if they aren't physically there. And I think that's the thing that I want people to understand the most that just because I wasn't at the Capitol and I don't live in Washington doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion or feelings about the situation. Cause I do one, if that was us, there were people from all over. Yeah, exactly. No, right. No, no, go ahead. But I was like, if that was us, we wouldn't have made it that far. And that was one of the things that I, I said, and I noticed a lot of other people were saying, we wouldn't even got up in there. Nope. <laughs> just, I mean, just nope. simple. We wouldn't have, nope. we wouldn't have gotten that far. And Absolutely. when you find out the amount of people that traveled to get there and to be a part of that and was happy, it's like, wow. So you had this plan because you didn't just up and do that. No. That wasn't a spare of the moment. Nah. No. And I think that's what kind of, you know, irked me the most was not even the fact that it was planned, but the fact that it wasn't stopped. Mm. If you, you can't tell me that no one knew that this was going to happen. Right. You can't tell me that. You know, Facebook knows what I ate for lunch yesterday because right. when I talk out loud, then I see it up on my timeline. You can't tell me that they don't know what's going on. Right. And then all of a sudden there's no, there's, there's no, um, rubber bullets and gas bag. There, where's the, right. where's the cops? Where's the police? Look, no, where's the algorithms where's, when you need them? The <laughs> I'm like, where are the algorithms right. Right. when you need the them? They won't. I talk about, right, right. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about going on a trip with my husband and now I'm getting all kind of travel um, um, sponsorship ads in Facebook but you didn't hear about that <laughs> right <laughs> for sure exactly that's that's what I I actually use the algorithm I use the algorithm to my advantage oh man I can't remember what I saw maybe if I speak it out loud and that actually came up it's because it, it was. It came out. It came up on my feed because I couldn't remember what it was. When it came up. So you know, if we have, there's no real true privacy. So if there, if we all know this, how did they get that far? Right. Even if they were traveling, I feel like we were the people on the outside were compromised, and that that was what was infuriating for me. Truly. So with that, and with your emotions that you talked about, and just your opinions about that day. How did your family and friends help you cope through the tragedy tragedy? And how did you help your friends? So, cause you, I mentioned, you mentioned rather that you called your husband. So what happened after that point? Yeah, he, he knew the area um, at the time where I was living too. Um, so he was like, you be careful. I'm, I'm fine where I am. You be, 
you are the one that should that needs to be careful with watching back when you go outside your house. Right. But um, my family and friends were very open conversations about about these things. There's never been a time where I was too political. Or I'm not going to talk about it. We're very open and honest when things like this happen. And it wasn't even a political thing. It was um, it was something that was scary to see as a person of color because a lot of times you would think that this would have happened years ago, years ago, mm-hmm. but just the simple fact that it happened in 2021 is, you know, quite ridiculous, but, um, we stand together. We talked, um, you know, we said, make sure, you know, you're still praying just because 20, that's what I said. I said, just because 2020 is over, doesn't mean that we just stop praying. It's like, okay, right. we're done. Like, right. no, we, we have to continue to, you know, collectively come together. Um, I know that my brother's church, um, they would have, um, they had conversations about it like online during their Bible study or they would speak about it at church. So that would help. Um, I felt like there was a very nice coming together from whether you were a celebrity or from or friends and family. I saw a lot of collectiveness happen. So me and my friends would send each other posts that we saw throughout the day or, mm. you know, we would just talk to each other. Like me and my cousins, we have like a large group chat, make sure like we're okay. Um, and to be honest, something that we did is the humor, which it's like a, the dark humor. Um, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or a social media thing, but I don't know. And I don't know if we're just desensitized to just seeing a lot of bad things happen all over all, all the time. But comedy was something we used very much to cope with that day. That is very much a black thing (laughs) because (laughs) we have found a way to use humor to help us through a lot because I'm not gonna lie I made my tweets one of them was this is not my business let me go finish cleaning up (laughs) (laughs) right and um let y'all handle that today right I told my sister in jest I said well this might be a good time to go to Target. The lines are going to be free. And she's like, really? <laughs> so <laughs> I understand. And I think people outside of our culture may not understand how we use humor, but we do use hum- humor to, to cope. We did. And um, a lot of the memes and it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a funny situation at all, but then you, it was so ridiculous. You had to make a meme out of it right. because even I was looking at it. I said, "This is like a bunch of people trying to storm Parliament, mm. or like trying to break into um, the Queen's castle. How did they get in the how? Because they were invited. And if the building is that old, you need to up your security. We need to upgrade the Capitol then. If they could just bust through the windows, yeah. like there was a there was a lot of things going on on social media that." We would send memes and stuff to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were saying, oh, you know, if this was, you know, church ushers, they wouldn't have gotten in. Like, it's very, <laughs> I did like, see that one. <laughs> very funny things. Um, that was a way of us making each other feel like we're okay. Yeah. You know. I totally agree. And I think when you don't know what to do and you really didn't know how to process your emotions in the moment, humor kind of helps. And it helped, it has helped us for years and centuries. So mm-hmm. I just think that is, is what we do. Even when we think about some of the shows that we like, good times, nothing was 
happy about their economical economic situation, but it was turned into a sitcom, not to make fun of them, but to show that you have to laugh through just about anything. Yeah. It becomes relatable. Yeah. um, Connectiveness. Very much so. Did you feel a sense of renewed sense of patriotism? in that moment and if so did this patriotism affect you and if not why didn't you um i personally did not feel um a sense of patriotism yeah i didn't feel it i actually said you know what i'm not american today y'all can have the american title i'm just black <laughs> i was so embarrassed i said what is going on they broke into the capital really the capital right. i said no nah, i gotta go I I didn't feel proud at all um, because I know that I am considered, I am an American. I am. I was born here. My parents were born here. My grandparents were born here. My great-grandparents were born here. They were born here in this country. But what I saw on TV was not how I see America. And I know there's a lot of other moving parts behind behind that answer. Um, But I did not feel a sense of patriotism from my perspective, from where I stand, from how I identify as a, as a black woman. No, I didn't feel it. It affected me on the outside because I knew that I could never do anything like that. Yeah. Never, ever. So. I think to me, it kind of felt like a parental moment. Do as I say, and not as I do. Yeah. So y'all can't do this. No, we can't. And I think that's what made it even. We already knew there were things we can't do. We can't jog. Hmm. We can't sleep. Come on. In our own houses. Yeah. We can't, we, you know, we can't walk down the street from a convenience store. There's so many things that we already feel like we can't do. But to visually see something to this magnitude being displayed all over the world and having other countries look at us and go, what are you doing? You're, you let your people storm your own nation. It's the nation's capital, not yeah. the state, the whole United States of America. <laughs> right. You let them storm the capital yeah. and come that close and inside and sitting in the seats. The disrespect was beyond me. Yeah. And as angry and as much as um, people of color have went through in this country. And then as much as black people have went through in this country, just to see that being displayed was so disrespectful because we've never done anything close to that. Right. I don't even think we've thought about it because we don't even want that. We just want to feel equity and we just want to not be killed for un or misdemeanors or for unjust purposes or unarmed or unarmed. Um, so the patriotism that was displayed on the television affected me in a way that it kind of reminded me who I am in this country, how they see me in this country, how they see my family who are brown. And it's a nice reminder because that just means I have to keep fighting. Yeah. I think it was a reminder and an alarm for some of the black community to say, hey, they are in control. Yeah. Because that was a partnership with the yes community and some politicians that was beyond just one 
person letting them beyond the gates. That had to be set up, organized, and thought out. It wasn't something that just happened on January 6th. They planned that. Yeah, it was planned for quite some time. And it's funny that you say that because I often think about if if we just stick together, and by this I mean, you know, Black Americans, Black African Americans, if we just stick together, imagine what we can do positively. That's what they, mm-hmm. they, they used their... Uh, networks and connections in a negative way yeah. to play hate. Imagine if we just stick together and come together and see all the good that we can do. We can make a change. I'm, I'm not going to say that all is lost after that day. Right. We still have a lot more to go. And, you know, I feel like some in some way, shape, or form, the fight will never be over. But we have to stick together is what I see. You know, we yeah. have to. Yeah, I think that is definitely a positive um, observation that comes out of this is of what we need to do. And because of those feelings now, do you, or did that change your political attitudes towards the results as far as what we saw that day? Did your politics change in any way? No, my politics were quite the same. (laughs) My politic views were quite the same um, prior to January 6th and after uh, January 6th. Um, I think they were, it was more just confirmation after Mm -hmm. confirmation. It didn't change. It was just like, okay, I expect that from you. Okay. I I don't expect you to do or say the right thing or to not put people in harm's way. I don't expect you to do that. So no, they didn't necessarily change. Um, I consider myself an activist in other ways. So it just reminded me that I have a lot of work to do, even in my own little corner, you know, of Jersey. I have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it gave me new perspectives on what to say to my students the next day. and, And I have, you know, young nieces and nephews on, you know, if they ever ask me questions, like, I don't understand you know, um, I have a, I lived through a historic event. Mm. I've lived through many, I'm, I'm only 26, but I've lived through quite a few. Um, and each one of them, they're different, but they all tell me the same thing, um, is that we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I totally agree with your statement about you have other ways that you show your activism. Can you share one or two of those ways? Because I have this thing that I'm on. I have my own little soapbox for 2021. Mm -hmm. I am determined to show our community that there are different ways to protest than we traditionally know of boycotting, marching. Those are all great. And I do think they're necessary. Yes. Never want to discount any of the work that has already been done. Mm -hmm. But I think because of mindsets of what traditional activism looks like, it keeps people from involving their talents in different ways to help social justice. And I think everybody has to use their talents to make it work. So I am trying to collect different ways that you can be an activist so that other people can get involved. So can you please share one or two ways that you do? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is 
is definitely um, the conversations that I have with my webinars. I did not plan on doing conversation based, you know, for my webinars. I started my I started my company for uh, website building and social media managing and you know video editing, but it turned into an activism because when I saw what happened with um, George Floyd, I said there's no way I can be silent. So that's when I started creating webinars through so through my company. We started having conversations. So one of them is definitely just, you know, form, even if it's in within your own group of friends and you say, Hey, every Tuesday at six o'clock, we need to talk. How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, what can we do? You know, what did you read yesterday that helped? Um, just have conversations. I think that's the first one. Um, and it, it, it does help. It may not seem like it just because you're not on a big platform or anything, um, but it helps. Every single conversation helps. And the second thing is to use your social media to your advantage. Um, use the arts in specifically for social media. Write, paint, draw, sing, dance, do, do something. Use the social media to, act, to be an activist. Um, it's not like before where, you know, because I can't drive down to, you know, Alabama and march. It's not like that anymore. You can certainly march in your own way. It doesn't have to be all that. I'm not necessarily a marcher, um, not because I don't want to, but because the area, the area I'm in, there's no marches going on where I was before. There was no marches. So, um we had to, um, there was marches like where I used to live, like, you know, up there was a little bit more, um, diversity, but I was never a marcher or a screamer or, you know, holding up. I was never that type of person. So I had to find where I fit in. Right. And I found it, it was conversations and the arts and social media. So those are the probably two or three things I would say. Thank you. And read, read. Okay, and read <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and I'm glad you pointed those out those are all good ways to get involved and when you said I'm not a marcher neither am I people have to understand you're going to exhibit in ways that your personality exists if you're an introvert you're not going down with the bullhorn and yelling in the street stop expecting and putting that pressure on you that is not meant for you. I'm a social introvert. I can be friendly and I can hold a conversation in the grocery line, but I am okay with playing with my stuff at home. Mm-hmm. So I had to find ways that myself as an introvert could be involved. And these are definitely ways. If I'm an introvert, I can definitely use my social media. Mm-hmm. If I'm an introvert, I definitely can have a conversation again around a small group and talk about things that impact our neighborhood. Now, an extrovert, yeah, they're going to go out there with the signs. Now, as an introvert, I can make you a sign. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can make, listen, that's another thing. Make your signs and donate them to the protest that you know is going to be happening on Saturday. Right. There you go. <laughs> and that's your contribution, and it's okay. Yes, of course. Right. Thank you for saying that. I, I love that. So did you make any major career goal changes or academic plans did you say okay now you know what I need to go get this degree because they tripping or did you decide hey I need to 
maybe join a group or change schedules or anything that may have changed your everyday life? Um, yes, actually. Um, I had already applied um, for a different degree um, for language education, so linguistic studies. I had already applied for that. But I said, now, when people go to school and there's that whole, you know, anti-racism lesson plan, are you for it? Are you against it? Some people are like, should we have, should we teach black history? Should we not? Which I'm like, what? Okay. (laughs) What do you mean? That should not be a matter of question. question. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things happening in the academic field. Um, And I said, okay, I I need to see what happens in the higher ups. I always wanted to sit on a board and, but what happens, who makes these decisions on what these students learn? So my, so um, curriculum um, instruction is something that I started to look more into curriculum design, um, classroom instruction, because those are actually the degrees that people have that dictate what your kids learn in the classroom, right. which I didn't know really. Right. So if I learn more and I get my degree or my certificate in um, classroom education and curriculum instruction and design, then I'll have more of a say on what goes into the classroom diversity. And I'm not speaking for black people. I'm speaking for everybody. There's an Asian American um, prejudice going on right now because of COVID, which is terrible. There's so many other things that's going on and we need voices to speak and to put in the classrooms because that's where it starts. It starts at home and then it goes into the classroom. So right. that was something that I said I, I looked I looked more into um, that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to do. So you're trying to get your seat at the table. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Get your seat at that's the how, table. That's how the changes happen. Right. You, know? you have to be in the conversation. You absolutely. like you said. You can't if you want to be a part of the decision making. You have to sit down with the decision makers. Mm-hmm. So yep. yes, I and you always you see right. it. It's like who. How how does it end up in 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 the students' hands? How yeah. somebody is creating it, but if there's not enough people that look like us, or there's not enough diversity at the table, it's not going to make that change. So that's why I'm like, yes, I do want to teach, but I also want to put a say in. Up, oh, you know what? We're missing a Hispanic woman author here. <laughs> we need to add that in there. Yes. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I want to do that. Yes. Um. So that that day definitely sparked sparked that. That's good. And see, that's something we we do, too. Sometimes you turn, uh, what's that, lemon into lemonade? So that, yes. that, is, that is your way of making some good lemonade. <laughs> Very good. Did you have any physical side effects, um, maybe headaches or anxiety, stress, fears about your safety, nightmares, or did any family members have physical side effects? If yes, can you please share? Um, I didn't have, I did definitely have like, you know, the, the, the stress and, you know, from seeing it, watching it all day, I think from the time it happened to all night, that's all I looked at, which is probably not the best thing to do, but you know, you can't help it when it's, when it's happening live. And, um, I definitely did have some anxiety because, you know, like I said, at the time where I was located, um, I, I never felt safe anyway, just mm-hmm. because when you're the only black face, when you walk into a store and everyone's looking at you, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Um, so you would think you're used to it after living there for quite some time, but you're not. Right. So I did have probably a little bit more anxiety than I prob- than I would before. 
um, after after that happened, if I go to the grocery store, everyone saw the news. Everyone watched the same thing. So I'm yeah. like, okay, so whose side are you on after <laughs> after January 6th? Who who are 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 you? Were you at the Capitol? Because <laughs> ain't that far. Like, where were you on January right. 6th? Like, right. my eyebrows were raised a little bit more. Um, but I think I was definitely a, a little. I wasn't fearful. I'm never going to say I'm, I'm fearful um, because of, you know, what I believe in. I believe in God and I believe he always protects us. And yeah. I have that in my heart. I was more so like cautious. My eyebrows yeah. were raised and I was looking over my shoulder all the time because yeah. I, I couldn't trust anyone. Yeah. I think my trust levels went down. Yeah. I didn't have many before, but after that, it's extremely hard for me to put any trust. All my trust walls went up. Um, I don't remember my family members having any physical side effects, but we definitely all had the same emotions, I would say. Yeah, I think I think one as a mother, mm-hmm. I told my kids stay out them streets, <laughs> let them do whatever they're about to do. Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings. Let's not antagonize because you're right. You didn't know who was who. We had police officers that engaged So how do you know who you can trust? So like you said, fearful as a Christian, you may not want to say, but I would definitely say my paranoia was up (laughs) because I, a lot more, a little more like, I feel like every single time, especially in, in New Jersey, um, we have our racism and everything, but it's not like, it's like, Oh, we don't live. It's not like we live in the South or anything, Mm. but Jersey definitely has its areas you know, mm-hmm. where the racism is high, quite very high. Right. And, you know, you definitely are a little more vigilant. After every single time something happened, it's like, oh, man, I got to go and, you know, you know, look around and I'm not driving straight home anymore. I don't know who's following me. I think my my, my antennas were way, oh, yeah. way up to the sky after January 6th. Yeah. I think so, yeah. we went beyond woke that day. Because <laughs> you're sitting around oh, watching yeah, no. everybody. Like, can we it's trust what, you? Like, what's, what's beyond the vote? <laughs> right? <laughs> we was all exactly. looking like, okay, um, can I trust you? Even the little cashier, I'm like, okay, let me just get my stuff and go. I don't know. And what broke it for me, I was going into a store, and an older white gentleman looked at me and smiled. And said hello. And I said hello back. And he said have a good day. And I said you too. And I said okay. And it's a shame that as black America. Some of us felt like that. Going into stores you didn't know. If they were going to side eye you or smile. And with the mask on you don't know if they smiling or frowning. (laughs) Right exactly. So, yeah, that definitely was um, an experience. I think we kind of feel that way anyway. But that day, it was like, okay. Well, for me, not even that day. We're going to say maybe that whole five-day period after. Mm-hmm. you didn't. I didn't know if there were other plans to do something before January 21st. So we had, that was a long stretch from January 6th to January 21st. Okay. They obviously feel some type of way. 
So are they going to act out on this? Because I read a story, a young lady was driving in her car with her windows down and a car full of young white men pulled up and threw a cup of acid on her. That's like, dog, you can't even ride with your windows down. So yeah, my, my, I don't want to say fear, but my anxiety, my paranoia, my antenna, my wokeness, all of that was alert, alert, alert. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned that because my dad was saying, I was like, listen, we stock it up. (laughs) I ain't leaving the house until, until Biden's in the office. Okay. He was not playing. He was like, I'm not playing around with these folks. I'm not playing. And I was like, man. And then that, that, um, January 19th, the, the day before the inauguration is my birthday. So I was like, man, I can't even do like my birthday. I can't even. We already can't go anywhere. We're already in quarantine. It's like now we can't go anywhere because these crazy people want to have a, tan- a temper tantrum. Right. Like, man. So, yes, definitely anxiety were, was high, quite yeah. high from January 6th until even, even during the whole inauguration. I'm watching and I'm praying like, please, just please. Yeah. No, no, nothing happened. It was it was a lot. It's it's very um, strenuous on your mind and your yeah. your heart because then at nighttime you don't know what you don't you know you never know if that can happen at the Capitol you never know. Yeah. So you're right. Definitely, that was a long stretch of period of time. Yeah, <laughs> it was very disruptive and distracting. And um, I made a post last night, and I said. I got my swagger back <laughs> because yeah, I'm finally yeah. able to focus again because um, I was I couldn't tune in to my studies because I was so distracted about what was going on in life. Right. Here it is a pandemic and now y'all want to storm the Capitol. We got all right. kinds of didn't Houston. We got this winter storm that came out of nowhere. We over here in lights and no lights and lights and no lights. It's just a, it's too much. <laughs> Don't have time for this. Get your right. together. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay. So I think that day really made people think about what was going on in America. I think it confirmed, like you said, some already feelings about politics and the state of blackness in America. So what actions do you want the U.S. to take against those individuals that are responsible for that day? Because there's clear responsibility and there were clear impacts, political, social, and economic impacts because of that day. Because like you said, a lot of people did go stock up on groceries because they didn't know, was it going to be safe to go anywhere? Politically, we had countries making comments about it. We look real bad out there. Mm -hmm. And then socially, we're sitting here looking at people like, can I trust you? I already was kind of shaky about you before, but now right. I'm wondering, like, maybe I just need not to talk to you at all. So what do you think should happen? Um, well, one, I think there needs to be some type of response. They need to own up and say, you know what? We did not protect our citizens. Maybe like we should have. Mm. Um, I want, I don't want to, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Don't pity me. <laughs> don't pity me. Don't you can, you can save the sorry. Right. I want you to make sure that you know what happened was wrong. You know it was yeah. wrong, right? I want somebody to say, yes, okay, what happened was wrong. Right. The second thing, honestly, is um, I am recently married, and 
one day, not now, one day want to have, you know, kids. She put so that there real, I, real fast. Like, wait a minute, before no, I no, even say now. it, let me let y'all know, not now. Not now. <laughs> no, no, ma'am, not now. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking and, I, and I'm like, I don't want my kids to have a January 6th. Mm. I don't. So I want you to do what you have to do now to put rules and things in place so they won't have to see what I saw at my age at 26 and 2021 20, when things should be better. I don't want them to go through that. I, they're going to go through their own type of things, but their own nation's capital where they're going to be American and they, they look at, you know, they're going to learn in their history books what happened on January 6th. I, I don't want them to go through that. So don't, don't do things for me, for us now, do it for the generations coming up. Right. After, after us, we've already lived through it. So you can't go in the past and change January 6th. There's no time machine, but you can learn from your mistakes. Right. Um, I think rules and responsibility needs to, uh, ownership needs to happen Yeah. and say, yes, this happened and it was wrong. Right. Here's what we're going to do now to make sure that doesn't happen again. I want somebody to say that and put rules in place. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to break into, well, that is actually illegal already. Yeah. It's in the it constitution. Is what they did. So the constitution, I, they so, always put it in our face. Yeah, that one. So that is already <laughs> illegal. What they did is actually breaking into a national uh, capital is a security breach. But I, I want, I want rules. I want ownership. Yeah. For what happened. And you can see I'm a little, I'm like getting riled up again. Nah, I'm, hey, that's I'm okay. Still, it's still just ridiculous. It <laughs> is. It is. And it's okay that you still get riled up. I'm hoping that the rest of our community, the rest of the world is riled up and continues to get riled up about things that are wrong and don't let it just go by. Because the moment we stop getting riled up, oh, it's really going to get bad. Right, exactly. We have to keep keep that fire in us to, you know, to keep going because I, I have to make sure whatever change I do, whether it's big or small, it's going to affect the next generation after yeah. me. For sure. So that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about my students. I'm thinking about my future kids. I'm thinking about my nieces and nephews. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And that's what we have to think about. And I think a lot of times we don't realize how impactful this is for latter generations. And we got to start doing that. And with that, this is a good time in our episode to start talking about on the block. What do we do on our block? How do we help our block, our neighbors, our household? How do we help our community, our um, cities, our suburbs, our states, our nation? And that is what on the block is about. On the block is going to be something that we do every episode. So one of the things that we do in on the block is talk about those solutions that we can do in our house with our neighbors to change our block. I feel like, and I'm going to keep saying this, if we change our block, we can change the world because if everybody's changing their block and just worried about their stretch of the world, that can make it better. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down some of the things that you said and, um, and I added one thing to it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talked about are webinars and conversations. This is definitely a conversation and this is why I named it dope conversations. Um, I think those things help bring awareness, but also bring perspective and viewpoints that you may not hear 
inside your head. There, We have to start talking to each other. Mm-hmm. One black voice can't represent every black voice because then those that are not heard feel left out and don't engage. So we got to ha- start having these conversations. That's one. And that's something that you can do locally. It may not be a webinar. You may not say, okay, I'm not ready for that. Well, do a podcast. Okay, I'm not ready for that. Okay, well, just get a group together, you and your your block, your mm-hmm. family, sit and talk about these issues. Watch Kavana's um, webinar and have a discussion inside your house. Have a discussion with on your block. We do lives and we do um, when we watch the Netflix parties and things like that. Okay, have a webinar party. Watch a webinar and you and your friends sit around and then do an after party and talk about it. Listen to dope conversations. Do an after party and talk about it. These are the things that we need to start talking about in our homes and on our blocks, at the school meeting, at the PTA meetings. We need to start having these conversations. The other thing is join our starter group. If you say, okay, I want to do that, and that sounds like a great idea, but I don't have a group to do that with. Okay, start one. Mm -hmm. If you are not an organizer, we're going to begin to share ways that can help you become an organizer or, and I'm going to start putting together resources to, so you can find a group to be a part of. Facebook, for the love and hate of my relationship with Facebook, <laughs> you can find groups to talk about just about everything. Hit the search bar. Put in black issues. Put in dope conversations. You can become a part of this community. We have a growing community with dope conversations with people who want to talk about these issues with you. So join a group or start a group. Um, Next and the last thing is use your social media. I think I touched on this in the last episode, but I liked what Kavana said about, excuse me, Kavana said about using art, paint, draw, dance, sing, use your voice. One of the episodes coming up in this season for Dope Conversations is using music as a vehicle for social justice. So we're going to dive in how hip-hop can be used, how R&B can be used. So those three things you can do. Webinars, conversations, join or start a group, and use your social media. Those are simple things that we can do as introverts or extroverts. (laughs) So try those things at home. Make sure you involve your youth. Because as we learned on the first episode, Tyler Perkins came on and showed us that teenagers have a a thing. They have a desire. They want to be a part of it. And a lot of times they may not share that with parents because they don't know they can. So sometimes we have to start the conversation. So today I challenge you to start the conversation. So your challenge for today, your action for today is to reach out to one person, whether it be someone in your circle that you know. Or even on social media, if you see a social justice type post, comment, go beyond the like, go beyond the follow. We got to start talking. So if you see something, say something, get involved. Would you like to add anything to that, Kavana? Um, I am. I am glad that you that you said that. Definitely. Um, there's. And I know this may sound a little harsh, but there's really no excuse nowadays. There's so many resources now that's out there, books, movies, articles, podcasts, TV shows, um, groups. There's so many resources that you can do. And go beyond the light. I like what you said that. Go be go beyond the light and read your 
posts. Read the posts. Just because the front cover of it looks good doesn't mean that it's all the way, excuse me, accurate or, you know, double check your sources. I sound like, you know, when I'm drilling into my student, <laughs> check your source. Did you check it? Like, oh, Professor B, really? I'm like, did you check your source though? Like, you know, um, right. but definitely do that. And don't feel like just because you may belong to a certain group or you live in a certain area that this is what, this is the only thing that you can do. Um, like hip hop and dance and stuff. If you like opera, look look at opera. Do it. Yes. If you're a scientist, cool. Nerds are in. Okay? Right. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Nerds are in. <laughs> yes. Not yes, a nerd, we are. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes Nerds we are. are cool it's, That's it's right. Cool to read. It's cool to wear glasses. It's cool to read. It's yes. cool to do the test tubes. Okay. So do that. Don't, don't think just because, you know, this is your group and, or there may not be a lot of people that look like you be the one that does it. There were not many people my age that were having these conversations at the time. So I did it. Just do it. There's no yeah. stopping. There's everybody can have a piece. Yes. Thank There's you. There's millions of people. Everybody can have a piece and don't be shy to network. Yes. Go out there and talk. I know teenagers and younger people, you know, I mean, at 18, I probably would be like, I'm not talking to nobody, but <laughs> I wish I did start a little bit earlier. And sometimes even in the black community, we have a less, we sometimes have less confidence in ourselves. So, you know, be out there and, and be yourself is what I'll say. Don't try to be somebody else. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. So what I want to do is give you an opportunity to share with our listeners, what are some of the projects that you're working on and when is your next webinar? Yes. So I do have a few projects coming up. Um, we just finished the virtual uh, Black History Month virtual conference where we had eight conversations, um, which was amazing. And you were actually one of the panelists, which was amazing <laughs> on the education one. Um, and the next webinar um, is actually going to be in a different format. It's actually not going to be a webinar. Oh, okay. It's going to be almost like a moving webinar. So I still have some oh. plans in store for that. It's a, it's actually very exciting. When I had it, I told my husband, I said, I got an idea. <laughs> He's looking at me like, okay. <laughs> so um, we're, we're still in the works of that. Um, but um, definitely my social media always has some type of its own little mini yeah. uh, webinar. Um, some of the projects I'm working on for Women's History Month is coming up. I plan on doing some stuff in the summer um, with education for uh, minority uh, females. It's going to be um, almost like a like a middle school fellowship type of thing. Like, okay. you know, you have graduate students. Yeah. This is going to be geared towards minority uh, females who wants to be involved in education or entrepreneurship. So I plan on doing that this summer. A lot of moving stuff. Yes, you're doing some great stuff. I'm excited. Well, I'm going to be stalking your page so I can be a part of it. And speaking, give them your Instagram so they can stalk with me. Yeah, yeah. We love love it when people stalk our page, okay? This is the only time when stalking on our page is really good, okay? Right. Um, Our Instagram is uh, at Candid Kavina. That's K-A-N-D-I-D-K-A-V-E-E-N-A. That's the same one for our Facebook, uh, Candy Kavina LLC. And also our webinar, our website is the same, www.cannycavina.com. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure to put her social media in the description on the podcast that you can find on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and the other major networks that you listen to your podcast on. 
I just want to say thank you so much. You've made this serious topic in a dope conversation where we could talk about it. Hopefully give some people some things to think about and some takeaways that they can do at their home. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for even like inviting me on here. I'm truly honored. It was absolutely amazing. Thank you for you're what welcome. and everything that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Y'all, this has been a great show and I hope that you share it. I'm going to ask you to go on to your favorite podcast site and follow us, subscribe, whatever your site does, but also leave some comments, give me a review and share with your friends and family so that they can start joining into the conversation. If you have a topic idea, you can also leave that there. I check topic ideas because I want to know what you want to talk about. So this season I had some topics already that were, I felt necessary to talk about, but just like this bonus episode, you can create your own bonus episode by submitting topics in. And we look at those whenever you send them. You can follow me on Twitter and on my website at BikitaPegram.com or my handle on Twitter and Instagram is BikitaPegram. So join us this Saturday. That's tomorrow. And I want you to come listen to James McGee talk about spirituality and social justice. So I thank you all for tuning in. Just remember, you too, as an introvert, have a voice. Don't let your voice be silenced by you. Make sure that you get out there and go beyond the like. That is a post. I'm going to post it. If you want to post it, post it too. Just tag me in it. (laughs) All right. Good job. Y'all, go forth and be great. Be keyed out.